This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by DuPont. Together, we can feed the world. DuPont commits 60% of its R&D dollars toward this goal. From working with farmers and growers around the world to help increase crop yields, to developing a wide range of packaging materials that enable food to be transported without spoilage. We're working every day to get food to more people. Providing for the needs of a growing population will help developing countries prosper and foster economic growth around the world. Welcome to the Global Collaboratory. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Congressman Frank Lucas from Oklahoma, Chairman of the House of Representatives Agriculture Committee, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Ken. I know you're busy in Washington, but I'm sure your thoughts and prayers are back in Oklahoma with those who were hit by that devastating tornado in Moore. Absolutely, Ken. The Oklahoma delegation flew uh, yesterday back to Oklahoma, both senators and all five of the House members. The National Guard gave us a helicopter tour of the area. We were on the ground with Governor Fallon, uh, visiting with folks, visiting with the rescue and recovery people. Uh, It's just incredible what Mother Nature can do. It's a miracle with the magnitude of destruction on that 20-mile swath that the casualties weren't 10 or 15 times that much. It's just a miracle. Uh, It restores your faith in human nature to know that as Oklahomans, and I think the same spirit exists across the country, when our neighbors are hurting, we step up to help them in every way we can, and more will put itself back together, and they'll they'll bury those who've been lost, and they'll move forward. But uh, you just have to have respect for Mother Nature in our part of the world. Well, let's turn our attention back to Washington, D.C., and the job you do. Uh, the House of Representatives went through markup in one day on the uh, Ag Committee, And I wonder if you'd comment on that process and if you were surprised by anything during the markup session. Well, I would say probably a lot of people were surprised in that a year ago, using an open process, regular order, letting every member offer uh, their amendments, debate their amendments, uh, secure both a a voice vote if they wanted it, a recorded vote, we managed to pass uh, our bill out of committee by a vote of 35 yes, 11 no. That was a majority of both Republicans and Democrats. One year later... Uh, we had just about the same number of amendments, a little over 100. Uh, we started at the same time at 10 o'clock in the morning. We were out for three and a half hours for conference and floor votes, but yet we still finished three hours quicker, I think, uh, and passed uh, by one vote larger margin, uh, 36 to 10. I think that says something about the process the committee's gone through in developing consensus and coming to respect each other's opinions and putting a a good, solid bill together. That's not to say that it didn't have its moments of intense debate. Absolutely there were, Ken. But uh, I think I leave the committee now with an amazingly uh, cohesive uh, group of members, both R's and D's alike, as we move to the floor. Uh, Some people will note that perhaps uh, organic has come of age by the nature of the vote uh, in favor of an amendment dealing with organics. Some were probably surprised that the amendment dealing with the dairy supply uh, language of Mr. Peterson's was not successful in removing the supply management program. But all in all, uh, I think it was a very positive debate uh, on all issues by all members and strengthens our hand as we go to the floor in June. Your committee seemed polarized, and those who appear to be there to defend uh, and expand the food programs 
and those who are most concerned with crop insurance and traditional agricultural programs. Is that divide widening? I don't know that it's widening. I think it's probably becoming more, uh, the various focuses have become more intense. Our listeners need to remember, in the last couple of years, approximately 80% of all farm bill spending have been the social nutrition programs, school lunch, uh, WIC, women's infants and children, and uh, STAP, affectionately remembered by many of us as food stamps, uh, 80% of the spending. So when you look at the committee itself, in all fairness, there's probably about 40% of the membership who are from inner city districts or districts where the nutritional issues are most important. You've got about 40% of the committee who are, like myself, from very rural agricultural districts, whether it's processing or production side. You've got about 20% of the committee who are there for a variety of reasons or because of conservation or because uh, they don't have a clue why they're on the committee. That will happen in any committee, as you know, Ken. So the balance is fairly even. So it really shouldn't surprise anybody that when we address the nutrition programs, uh, whether it's Mr. McGovern uh, from Massachusetts, a uh, Democrat on the committee, or a number of others, there's a lot of very intense emotion there. And from myself as a you know, cow-calf wheat guy in western Oklahoma, I am very, very focused on making sure that the the 20% of the bill that would some would say actually raises the food and fiber we need in this country and around the world, I'm very, very intense on that. So we'll ultimately come to a consensus. We did by 36 of the 46 members voting yes on the final draft the other night. Could you give me a bit of logistics of what you think will take place when the bill will come to the floor and any indication of the rules for debate and the number of amendments? Ken, leadership tells me that we'll come to the floor in June. Now, they've not given me a specific date. But if you look at the calendar, when we're in session, when we're not in session, if you look at the kind of the flow of things, I would predict, and this is strictly speculation on my part, I would predict probably the middle part of June. So essentially a month from now as we speak. Uh, uh, The House, by the nature of the way we do legislation, every bill that comes to the floor has to have a special rule. And that rule defines how much debate time, that rule defines uh, will amendments be uh, in order, how many amendments will be in order, what's the process by which the amendments will be offered, uh, the time allotments for each amendment, all of those sort of things. I I have begun the process of visiting with the leadership uh, to try to convince them that in a bill, the nature of the Farm Bill, and a bill where a vast majority of the members have a very of the House of Representatives as a whole have a very limited understanding of the Farm Bill, uh, we need a rule that says that uh, two or three days before the, the bill is considered on the floor that amendments need to be filed, a filing requirement, so we all together can have time to figure out what my colleagues are up to. I have advocated and am continuing to advocate to my leadership that when the Rules Committee meets, that I understand there's a diversity of opinions, that we need to have amendments on all the major areas of interest to the body as a whole. I accept that. But, Ken, instead of 100 amendments on the floor of the United States House or 120 or 140 or unlimited, what I'm advocating to the leadership is pick out 20 amendments or 30 amendments or 40 amendments, evenly spread out over the areas of the bill, very definitive, straightforward, understandable amendments. Make those in order so that we can have a real, understandable uh, debate that uh, the issues really will make a difference. For instance, 
potentially, I think there could be an amendment made in order by some of my more conservative colleagues to block grant the entire food stamp program back to the states. Now, that's been discussed by a number of my colleagues, and there have been letters circulated, but that would be a very straightforward, do you want to take the federal government out of the food stamp program business and give it to the 50 states? Here's your vote. By the same token, from my more liberal colleagues in the United States House, I suspect they would have an amendment to take the 20 billion dollars in reforms we have in nutrition and abolish those, just keep spending that same amount of money. In all fairness, they probably deserve a vote on that amendment, things like that. In dairy, I think uh, probably uh, Florida deserves a vote on the supply management portion of the dairy title, which uh, Mr. Peterson crafted over, a, I guess, a four-year period. The members deserve a vote on that, which was, as you remember, a very contentious topic in committee itself. I guess what I'm just simply saying is don't give me 20 amendments in a row on minute changes in food stamps. Let's have a reasonable number of amendments that make real policy changes that members can really understand and we can really debate the consequences, and then I think the membership will make good decisions. Do you think an amendment will pop up to try to change the crop insurance program? Yes, yes. With, uh, with the direct payment program pro going away, uh, the basis of the the real basis of the safety net since the 1996 farm bill with that program going away that was the single biggest pot of money I would tell you that the bean counters the physical hawks uh, whatever you want to call them will go after crop insurance because that's really the only major amount of money left we will <clears throat> those of us on the committee <clears throat> and I think Ken those of us in the body as a whole who understand the importance of crop insurance to production agriculture, the fact that it is in effect now the safety net, will fight that. Just as I noticed uh, the Senate will be battling on the floor these kind of amendments, so we will struggle with those on the floor of the United States House. I personally think we hold the line because it is explainable. I think it will be understandable to the membership why federal crop insurance exists because, after all, there are a lot of flood insurance programs around the country. There's lots of insurance programs that deal with hurricanes. There's lots of things out there that the federal government does in all other sectors of the American economy to try and prevent catastrophe. And that's what crop insurance is all about uh, in, in the Farm Bill, prevent ca agricultural catastrophe. Are you watching the Senate bill in its floor debate? And if so, are there any observations of what has passed and what has failed in the amendment so far? Well, first of all, I will admit to you uh, every available moment I'm watching, and I've been kind of consumed by uh, more and the tornadoes in Oklahoma City, and I've been very consumed by beginning this process of getting ready for the floor over here in the United States House. But so far, uh, as we speak, I think uh, the ranking member and the chairman have done a very good job of defending the base text of their bill that's come out. I haven't seen any major moves one way or the other. Hopefully they'll be able to do that. I don't know that in the time available there's any way they can complete their action this week. We're not in session next week, so that would then roll uh, final consideration, hopefully, of the Senate uh, version of the Farm Bill on the Senate floor to the following week. I really, uh, I really need for them, I think, to be done before I begin my work in the House so that we can keep uh, everybody back home focused uh, from battle to battle, so to speak, Ken, as we put this together. Well, isn't there some strategy based upon what's in the Senate bill as to what you do in the House bill? Because once you get through your bill, it's going to go to conference. It will go to conference, and you're exactly right. 
in many areas, uh, Senator Stabenow and Ranking Member Cochran have shown some flexibility, uh, thinking of rice and peanuts. Uh, the commodity title, I believe, unless there are dramatic changes when we're on the floor in the House or dramatic changes that occur in the remaining uh, debate consideration time on the Senate floor, unless there are dramatic changes, I think we're close enough that we can work out a common language that will be acceptable to everyone. Because I've worked with Debbie now since the super committee process uh, almost two years ago. She is the kind of uh, a chairman who wants to make it happen, who I think understands the process in a way of achieving consensus. But there are some areas, Ken, that are going to be very difficult and may require input from above uh, and beyond uh, Chairwoman Stabenow and myself. Think for a moment of the nutrition title. If the Senate stays with their approximately $4 billion in reforms, the House bill now says $20 billion in reforms, conceivably those numbers could even go higher on the floor of the United States House. A reconciling 4 and 20 is a bit of a challenge. Once uh, some consensus number is achieved, we can match the reforms to the number, or once a set of reforms are picked, we can determine the number quite easily the other direction, uh, that may be where we have to have some help from senior leadership in both the House and the Senate and the White House is on the nutrition title in conference. Congressman Peterson told me that uh, the final bill would be signed by the president somewhat without question. If the nutrition title is cut, do you think you have the potential for a veto? You always have the potential for a veto. Uh, I would just say this. The key becomes... What do your reforms do? In the House of Representatives, for instance, to achieve our $20 billion in savings, the two biggest reforms, one deals with something called categorical eligibility. And right now, under the Welfare Reform Act passed in 1996, states have a substantial degree of flexibility in the nutrition programs. Right now, for instance, in a number of states, or virtually all of them, if you qualify for some other welfare benefit, you automatically get food stamps. That's without demonstrating your income or your asset level or applying. You just automatically get them. We end that process. We say, quite simply, everyone who needs help, we're going to help, but show us you qualify. That's uh, almost $12 billion. Uh, there's a, another program, about $8 billion, called LIHEAP. In some of the northern states, the states help supplement the cost of home heating for folks. Uh, if you qualify for LIHEAP help, you get food stamps automatically, but there are states where they send $1 a month to automatically trigger a full month's worth of food stamps. In the farm bill passed in the House, we say you've got to send $20 a month to demonstrate uh, that you qualify automatically. The Senate bill uses a $10 billion number, but in the House bill, that's about $8 billion savings approximately, Ken. Once again, we're not saying states can't tie helping their citizens pay for their heating bills with food stamps. But we say, you've got to put more than a dollar a month in. You've got to put $20 in. Uh, and ironically, abolishing the entire LIHEAP program would only make a couple of billion dollar difference over the $8 billion. So trying to do things that make real reforms in a way that's politically doable, so to speak. Congressman Frank Lucas, uh, Chairman of the House of Representatives Ag Committee, thank you for spending the time with us on AgriPulse Open Mic. And we're going to have a lively couple of months ahead of us, Ken. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by DuPont. 
Together, we can feed the world. Welcome to the Global Collaboratory. I'm Ken Root.